Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. For over 1,300 people that made decisions for Jesus, can we really give him a hand clap for over 1,300 people that made decisions and prayed to receive Jesus around all of our campuses last year? Man, I'm so excited and I'm so thankful for everyone. Come on, let's stand up on our feet. I want to I wanna pray over you before we get started. But I just want to say as a pastor, I'm so excited and I'm so thankful for everyone here who served, everyone here who prayed, Come on, everyone here that went the second mile at all of our campuses at Owensboro, thank you. All of you that prayed and served and gave and worked in Dumas, Texas. You've been working with us all year and you'll officially be with us here in, in a month or so as a His Church. We're thankful for you. All of the people in Henderson that helped launch that campus and are ministering in that community every week, we honor you and we celebrate you. Come on, let's give everybody that volunteered and was a part of making 2019 happen. Massive year of transition. God bless this church. And I'll tell you, I, I want us to give God thanks for what he did in 2019. And I want us to get ready and believe God. Because he's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, or imagine in 2020. I believe 2020 is going to be the strongest year we've ever had as a church body. Come on, I want to pray right now for this service. Now I want us to dedicate our 2020 unto God. Why don't you just lay your hand on your heart right where you are? Father, I thank you for what you've done in our lives in 2019. I thank you that you're the God of the miraculous. You're the God of our salvation. You're the God of Israel. You're the God of America. You created the heavens and the earth. And you placed us in this earth for such a time as this. I declare, Father, that we won't back up and we won't back down in 2020, but we'll move further in your grace, further in your power, further in your anointing. And I thank you that we're going to help a hurting world at a massive, massive way. Give us not our vision. Give us your vision for the next year. We believe we receive it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the church said amen, amen. Why don't you turn to somebody, tell them you look like you lost 20 pounds this morning. Just tell them that, huh? Encourage them after the holidays. Just tell them that and you can be seated in the house of God. You look like you've lost 20 pounds. Well, if you have your Bible on you today, I want you to go ahead and open it up to uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. It's where we'll be reading from in one moment, 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'm so excited about a new year. I believe that God's going to give us a new lens, and we're going to have the right vision for our year in 2020. So many people live life without a vision, and the Scripture says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law or he who keeps prophetic revelation from the Word of God that, that he'll be blessed, he'll go forward, he'll do better in life. Uh, a life without vision isn't really a life, it's just an existence. But a life with vision and a church with vision, a family with vision, a marriage with vision, come on, a, a, a guy wanting to start something, or a lady wanting to start something with vision, I'm telling you, that's a blessed person. And we're not going to live life visionless as a church, we're going to live life with a strong vision. 
I want to open up the text and I want to show you uh, a guy who was strong in vision and a man that was very close to him as well who seemingly had lost his vision, lost his way, didn't see God for what he was in his life anymore. Now God came and restored vision to that guy. That guy. And I want to entitle this message 2020 Vision. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 12 through 18. This chronicles the story of Elisha. And Elisha was one of the most powerful prophets in the Old Testament. He did amazing things. He was a double portion man, the servant of Elijah, another strong, strong prophet, picked up his mantle and ministry and turned the world upside down. And his prophetic gift was so sharp and so strong. Israel was going to war with the Syrians at the time. And the Syrian king would talk to his advisors about what they were going to do to take out Israel. And the Spirit of God would whisper in the prophet's ear, all the way in Israel, exactly what had been said by the king of Syria. So the king of Syria is laying plans, and the prophet is intercepting them and giving them to the king of Israel. That's a pretty cool trick. How many of y'all want something like that in your life? I like that, right? And uh, finally, the, the king of Syria gets so frustrated, brings us to our story, all right? And one of his servants said, none, my lord. See, he thinks somebody's ratting him out. None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. Come on, somebody say, Do not fear. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. So the, the king in Syria is getting so mad. Because the prophet gets his words, gets his instructions, and whispers it to the king of Israel and tells him exactly what to do. And so he begins to, to put an assignment. He thinks there's a mole. He thinks there's a rat in his house. And he's looking. He gets paranoid. He doesn't know who's selling him out. He doesn't know if it's one of the people in his court. He doesn't know if it's somebody that serves in his army. He doesn't know if it's someone in his harem. And he's looking everywhere. And finally they come and say, listen, it's not what you think. Somebody isn't selling you out. But the prophet prophet in Israel, God speaks to him so clearly, the spirit of God in his life, that he knows exactly what you're saying. Man, that prophet was different from the rest of the world. That Holy Spirit gift in his life was a difference. Isn't that a pretty awesome trick to have the spirit of God, not just a trick, isn't it a pretty powerful gift to have the spirit of God on the inside of your life? Is anybody out there thankful that the Holy Spirit is filling you and in you and with you and walking with you and never leaves you and never forsakes you. Come on, we ought to give the Spirit of God a hand clap for being a never-leaving, ever-present help in our life. What that Spirit does is that Spirit brings the difference. This prophet had a Holy Spirit difference 
flowing in his life. I want you to know today, church, you have a difference in your life from the world. And the difference in your life is the power of the living God. The difference in your life is the same power that raised Christ from the tomb now dwells on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, it's not just an Old Testament prophet that has a difference. We have a difference in his church. We have a difference in Owensboro, Kentucky. We have a difference in Amarillo. We have a difference in Dumas. We have a difference in Henderson, and the difference is the power of God. I believe this. I believe in 2020 that the power of God's going to show up and show out in his church like it never has before. I believe we're right at the precipice of a revival. If we'll push in, believe for it, thank God for it, I think you that we're going to see the supernatural in 2020. I really believe it. So I'm excited about the difference God's placed in us. But I'm telling you, the devil's not excited about your difference. As a matter of fact, the devil hates you because of your difference. The devil hates the difference of the anointed servant of God. And he does everything he can to come and try to destroy it. Try to take it out. Try to mess it up. He comes and he lies. He comes and he divides. He comes, sends out armies to try to take this prophet out. He'll do anything he can to stop the move of God because he hates the difference. You know, I really believe this. I believe a lot of the reason that the church is so much like the world now is because the devil hates the difference that God wants to put in the midst of the church. And you'll look around the church and a lot of times we, we walk like the world. Come on, we talk like the world. We dress like the world. We do the same things the world does. And the world can't see the difference anymore. But God wants to pour a difference out in our church. The devil comes and he tries to destroy that. Tries to tell you it doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how you live. Doesn't matter what you look like. I'm going to tell you it matters. Your difference is what takes a dark world and brings light into the midst of it. Come on, let's give God a hand clap. We're going to be different from the world in 2020. What I pray for my children, I believe that my children are different from the world's children. Can I get an amen? I believe that our church kids are different from the world's kids. Can I get an amen? I believe in 2020 that difference is coming on every kid in that kid's ministry, every youth in that youth ministry. Come on. Every college-age person in our, in our outreaches, I believe there's a difference there. The difference is the power of the living God. See, this, this difference is big. And the devil comes and he tries to surround the man of God. Man of God's in a city called Dothan. Elisha's there with his servant. The devil sent out all of his best to try to mess up the difference in his life. Telling you, some of you, there's been an assignment against your life in 2019. You felt like you're surrounded. You feel like you're hemmed in. You feel like there's, there's armies of the enemy around your house, around your marriage. Teenagers driving you crazy. There's more month than money. You feel like you're surrounded. You feel like you're alone. See, the devil tries to isolate people and make them feel like they're in a battle by themselves. I got good news for you. You're in no battle by yourself. You might not be able to see the truth right now, but you're not in the battle by yourself. Just turn to your neighbor and tell them God's with you. Turn, turn to your neighbor. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and tell them, tell them I'm with you. Tell them that, huh? Come on, God's with, with us, and the people of God are with us. Amen? But this, this young uh, assistant to the prophet, he gets up, he walks outside, and he can see all of the Syrian army is all the way around him. And all he can see in the natural is the problem. When I'm telling you, there was something greater than the problem all around him. And that was the promise and the power of the goodness of God. 
Young man walks out, looks around, he sees the army. I don't know, maybe he's going to Starbucks to pick up the lattes or he, he's cooking the coffee or, or making the eggs. And he walks out and he looks around. And if you ever had one of those freak out moments, you just finally see what's really happening in the natural. You ever got the call that just like rattles you to your bones? You ever watch the person you love just drop dead right there? Man, the world can deal you some hard blows. This guy walks out, he looks around, and all he can see is the problem. And he starts freaking out. He has, he has a total meltdown. And he, he runs in, he tells the prophet, prophet, I, I don't know if you know it or not, but our goose is cooked. We are surrounded. They're here for us. We are outnumbered. The deal is over. We're in a bar fight. It's me and you, and there's like a couple of 80-year-old women with us, and there's 29 of them. We are dead men right here, right? I don't, know, I don't know if you're from the background I'm from, but I've had myself in situations like that. So, so it's, it's like I'm, I'm in, I'm in big-time trouble here. He's freaking out because he's lost his perspective. Think about who this guy is. If you've ever freaked out, don't feel bad about freaking out. Because this guy traveled with one of the most powerful prophets that ever walked the earth. And he forgot about the power of God. How many miracles do you think this guy would seen Elisha perform? How many times do you think he'd seen Elijah raise the dead or Elijah multiply something or Elijah heal the sick? And now there's an army out there and he's forgotten about the power of God. Here's why he's forgotten about the power of God. He'd forgotten about what was happening. He was so close to the situation and the man of God, he couldn't see what was happening anymore. You know, you can get so close to something powerful that you forget what's happening right in front of you. You know, you can take a picture and you can hold it out and you can tell what it is. You can take the same picture, put it close to your face, and you can forget about it. You don't see it clearly anymore. This guy was so close, but he was yet so far. How many people in our churches are so close to the miraculous, but they begin to think that church is just common and the people beside them are like anybody else? Come on, I don't want to live so close that I don't see the real picture of what God's done in our life and in our church. Come on, in our families, in our congregation. We don't, we don't want it to be like that. you got, you got to be careful. People get so close, they forget about the power, they lose sight of vision. Some people are in so close, so close to a bad situation, they can't see it for what it is. Think about this. Families that are in an abusive environment, they're raised in it. Maybe it's generations of abuse. Maybe it's physical abuse. Maybe it's verbal abuse. And it just becomes a way of life. They're close to it. So they don't see it for how evil it is. You bring somebody from outside of that environment and set them in that environment, and it takes them all of about 10 minutes to recognize this isn't right. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about out there? But the person in it, can't see it. The, the person in an addict's house, sometimes they get so close to that system of addiction for, for generations that they can't see that everybody here is codependent and this one addict is controlling all of our life. They're so close, they can't see it. Somebody comes from the outside and it's like, dude, you got to cut that addict off. You can't let them control our children and our grandchildren. But the one person's close and they just can't see. Sometimes it's, it's, it's systematic poverty or spirit of poverty where nobody thinks about managing nobody thinks they can go higher nobody thinks they can believe their way out of a situation they're so close they can't see the miracle somebody comes from the outside and says I can show you how to fix this come on see God's a God that comes and helps us see the perspective helps us see through the right lens 
This young, young assistant to the prophet, he was no longer seen through the right lens. His life was out of focus. See, the problem is we all get out of focus. How many of y'all would admit to me today that you've let your life get out of focus at times? Come on, let me see you out there. I, I know I have. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy that's in the Word. I'm a guy that's at church. I'm a guy, man, I've been in church uh, almost every Sunday since 1998 without missing unless I was somewhere really cool on vacation and Jesse won't let me go to church on vacation because I immediately start ministering again, you know, and thinking about what I need to do here. And... Um, you know, it's just, it's just, I, I still, I can allow myself to get out of focus. And I believe what God wants to do is God wants to give us an autofocus where we're focused on what matters. Does anybody remember the, the cameras like back in the 80s or, or I, I, some of you that are a little older, I watched Star Wars with my little boy, the 1977 one last night. And uh, it's 42 years old, right? I'm 42 years old as well. I'm, I was born uh, when Star Wars came out. But I can remember back when you took pictures at the house and then you had to send off the film to get it developed. How many of y'all will show your age and remember that, right? And you remember you get about half of those photos back and you could tell what they were and the other half were almost undiscernible, right? Because nobody knew how to focus the camera. Nobody knew what they were doing. They're, they're going to throw a pic up here in one second. Of uh, it, it's it's a picture somebody took way back when when it was really out of focus. See if they get that up. See here's here's how I many have some pics like that from the from the seventies eighties right in there. Some of you are real bad with your camera. Some of you in your sixties took a pic like that yesterday. I know you did right, but uh, but the rest of you don't take pics like this. Why? Why have they gotten better? Well, the equipment's gotten better, right? We're we're in more focus now than we used to be. Why? Because you pull out your camera right now and it'll autofocus for you. See, that's out of focus. Now, throw up a new pic somebody took with maybe some new equipment. I think we got that. How much better is that? Come on, let's give God a hand clap for autofocus today, right? Autofocus. So what the old prophet did is he prayed. He prayed a prayer that the young man would come back into focus. And he prayed and he said, Father, I pray that you'll open up my servant's eyes. Whenever the eyes of the young man were, were opened, he looked up and he saw the host of heaven. He saw angels. He saw chariots. He saw the, the host of heaven come from God's side, and they were surrounding the man of God. I've got good news for you, church. You are not alone. There is more with you than there are with them. The angels of heaven stand up at the word of God. God is not against you. God is for you. There are chariots of fire. There is help from heaven. There is God in the midst. The Holy Spirit is here. Come on, we just need to focus on that. Can I get an amen? Give God a hand clap out there if you believe it today. Here's what I want to say. How do we stay in autofocus? How do we stay in tune? Well, the first thing I think we got to do if we're going to stay focused, we're going to have to have a vision for the word. Come on, everybody say a vision for the word of God. This year, I want you to stay in focus. The only way you can do that is with the Bible. The, the word of God brings us into focus, changes our way. How can a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed to the word of God? The Bible says the word of the Lord is sharper than any double-edged sword piercing down to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit joint and marrow is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of a man. It's the word that makes the difference. 
You go without the word, you begin to dry up, you begin to lose your vision. You live in the word and all things become possible to him who believes. Here's what we're going to do in 2020. We have a Bible reading plan. We got the whole church on. You can find it on our on our app or on our website or any of our social media. You can go. It's got a day-by-day reading plan to get you through the Bible in one year. And it's even got a button you can push and it'll play it for you in an easy-to-listen-to translation. The NLT. You can listen to it in the NLT as you drive. It'll take about 20 minutes in the car a day and that also has some other narration in it where you can understand what you're reading. How many of y'all think we ought to interact with the Bible more in 2020? Y'all think that's a good idea at every campus? Come on. We're gonna, it's going to be a, word, a year of the word of the living God. Here's what we're going to do as pastors and leaders at every campus is we're going to weave in ideas every Sunday that come from that weekly Bible reading. There'll be something on Sunday morning that comes out of what you've been reading this week so we can get it all together. And my hope and my plan is is that every person in his church would interact with the major themes of the Bible and the major stories and characters of the Bible throughout 2020 where we come out of this year more Bible literate than we've ever been before. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for a vision of the Word of God. In 2020, see, the more I get the word in my life, the more I become like Jesus, and the greater the vision comes for my life. You may want to go find that link right now where you can see it at, at hischurch.cc. Hischurch.cc, you could find it right there. All right, all right. Second thing we're going to have to do to, to keep autofocus, not to focus on the wrong things, but get focused on the right things, is we need to have a vision for the world. How many of y'all believe that God sent us into this world to be light? in a dark, dark place. That's really what we're to do. Jesus said this in John 4, verse 35. Do you not say there are still four months and then come the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they're already white with harvest. Jesus had to tell them to refocus their vision. What happens in life is we start looking to ourselves. We start looking to our needs, our wants, our desires. And what Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to lift up our eyes and he wants us to look to the world and look at people that need him, that need his power, need his gospel, need the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We're not going to focus on self in 2020. We're going to lift up our eyes. I've got good news. We're taking on a new community of Dumas, Texas. We've already been working with them, but in February, Dumas will become one with his church. Let's give all of our Dumas friends a big hand clap this morning. Man, we're going we're gonna to reach more people in 2020. You know, what we're believing for as a congregation is that this church is going to right now will be four campuses. We're believing God for 100 campuses across America and the world and to touch 100,000 lives. Come on, how many of y'all will pray and believe with me? I know it sounds crazy, but I believe we can reach 100 communities and I believe we can touch 100,000 lives. I, I'm believing for it. I'm not going to keep my eyes right here. I'm going to lift up my eyes and I'm going to believe on the harvest. Here's what you have to do to keep a big vision. You have, to, you have to not listen to the people that say you can't. You have to listen to the God that says you can. Come on, we're going to see people be born again. We're going to keep doing what we do to fight against sex trafficking in Southeast Asia in 2020. We're going to build more houses over there this year. This year we're going to build houses. We've been a part of Life Impact International on the board for many years. Seen it grow from rescuing 20 kids from the sex slave industry to now we have 300 that we're raising as Life Impact 
Impact. We support them. That uh, there's a guy from his church that oversees all the construction of all the houses that have been built on that border now. What is it, just 25, 30 structures, something like that, and 250 kids there. Another 50 in Burma, and that's spreading to Brazil this year. We're going to help kids because we're not going to look at ourselves. We're going to lift up our eyes in 2020, and we're going to do more as a church than we ever have before. Come on, let's give God a hand clap. Our eyes are lifted. We have a vision for the world. Amen. Next thing I think we have to do if we're going to have a vision for, for um, everything God's called us to do. So we're going to have to have a vision for the wonder of God again. How many know God is a wonderful God? How many all believe that God is, is different than anything else you're going to encounter? I think we have to remember that God is alive. It's not just a creed. It's not just a doctrine we're talking about. I want us to have a vision for the wonder of God. Now, I really believe, I believe that God in 2020, he's emphasizing his presence in a special way in our congregation. I really believe that we're going to see signs and wonders this year unlike we've seen in many, many years. It's always been houses of miracles. Come on, Victory Church, before we merged together in River City, we were always houses of miracles. But I believe two are better together, and I believe in 2020 we're going to see the supernatural. So I want you to get your heart set on the majesty and awe and the wonder of God. When was the last time that you were overwhelmed by his presence? When was the last time you were just, man, intoxicated by him, by his presence, just, just overcome? I can remember being a kid in 1998, be, being delivered from methamphetamine, sitting right here on this front row. I couldn't wait to get in this building, in this congregation, and sit down there and feel the presence and power of God come around me again. It was greater than anything I'd found out in the world. And man, I had such a wonder. I couldn't wait to get back. Come on, in 2020, I'm believing that God's going to restore our vision for wonder. It's not going to be church as usual. We're going to see the supernatural, and we're going to have God in our midst all around us. I don't want just another regular church. I want a place of the power of God. We're not here to build another mainline church. We're here to build a power center where God moves, and he's alive, and people are healed and changed and delivered. We need the wonder of God. Man, I want you to start believing for our His Conference coming up in just a few weeks. I'm telling you that the guy that will be here ministering with us has the strongest prophetic gift I've ever seen operate in my life. And just turn to your neighbor, tell him, get ready. You don't, you don't want to miss this. If you don't know about a prophetic gift, you need to read about the fivefold ministry gifts in the book of Ephesians. It's going to be powerful. I'm almost out of time, but the last thing I want us to, to be focused on in 2020 is I want us to have a real vision for worship. Would you stand up on your feet with me at every congregation? And I just want to talk to you just for one more moment where God's going to focus us. We're going to dedicate 2020. Come on, it's going to be a year of the word. It's going to be a year of focusing on the world. It'll be a year of wonder. And it'll be a year of worship. What worship does is worship changes your vision from looking at everything that's around you, right? Life has a way of making the problems around you look really big. really does. It's the devil's design. It's how he comes to steal the difference in your life. I'm going to make the problem look really big. Like the mountain's going to look massive. The giant's going to look 20 foot tall, right? The lion in the lion's den is going to 
be the nastiest looking thing you've ever seen in your life. The Syrian army is all the way around me and I, I don't know what to do. That's, that's the way the devil plays ball. But what worship does is whenever you close your eyes and you close out the world, you lift up your hands and you look to the maker of the heavens and the earth, the creator. All of a sudden, my, my vision, what I'm looking at, has went from my problem to the one who's given me my promise. You know, the Bible says to magnify the Lord, make God larger in your sight. I believe this, that whenever we worship him, he becomes larger in our sight and our problems become smaller. Come on, if you're comfortable with it this morning, why don't you just lift a hand to heaven right where you are? Father, we declare that this year, it is a year of wonder. We declare this year it's a year of worship. We declare this year it's a year of the Word of God. Father, we declare this year it's a year where we reach the world at, a, at another level. I declare that this year, Father, you're going to move, you're going to speak, you're going to heal, you're going to deliver, you're going to do what only you can do. Right now, I pray that that heart and that spirit to honor you and to serve you would flow into this congregation. I thank you, Father, that as we pray and as we fast and as we seek throughout this January, Lord, that you're setting us up for the greatest year of our life. Lord, we declare we put ourselves down so we can lift you up. We, we, we worship you. And some people might not understand our worship. Some people might not know what it's all about. But if they knew where you brought us from, they knew what you've done in our life, they would understand that we're crazy about you because you've been crazy good to us. Lord, we thank you today. Come on, just thank him right there where you are. We thank you today. Lord, we honor you for 2020. We thank you that you're going to do such a great work that even the ears of those who hear about it will tingle like the Old Testament says. In Jesus' mighty name, we dedicate our 2020 to you. And the church said, amen. Come on, let's give God one more hand clap, church.